you know, I'll say the hardest thing has been learning to manage my emotions um, because it's so true. The roller coaster of, you know, we're going to take over the world one minute to this thing isn't going to work to we're going to take over the world again. Welcome to the goodest show, the show on SaaS marketing from actionable tips and tricks to insightful interviews with industry leaders. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of The Goodies Show. Today with me, Chris. Chris is an entrepreneur and the founder of Demo Story. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Francis. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, today we will uh, we will speak about uh, demos and so how to present your product, how to sell your product. Uh, Chris is an expert from this area and maybe, Chris, can you start with your story? So... What was your journey and how, how you found this idea and and how you came here where you are at the moment? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Francis. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I started just working at different SaaS uh, enterprise software companies and eventually found myself into a sales engineer role, which really is the demo person or the tech expert on the sales team. And so usually you still have your account executive uh, and they would kind of do your traditional selling. But when you get to the point where the customer is really ready to see the product, um, they would bring me in to do a demo. And sometimes you could even do 20 minute demos. Sometimes you're doing, you know, multi-day demos, four hour demos, just depending on how complex the software is. So I'd really been doing that sales engineer role for the most part for the last eight years. Uh, and actually, so um, I had been talking to one of my buddies about maybe starting a software company with him. He had an idea. We were bouncing it back and forth. And then when COVID hit, I started going into my other buddy's office uh, once a week, my co-founder, Alec. And he was also talking to me about, hey, we should start a software company for sales engineers. And maybe we should do uh, like a training site or a way to trade sales engineers. There's not a lot of info out there. And I just was like, man, I, like training is not really my strong suit. And I just don't see myself wanting to train people all the time. So we were kind of talking about stuff, bouncing things back and forth. Uh, and Alec actually showed me a like a productivity browser and was like, hey, what do you think about doing like a, a demo specific browser? Have you seen these productivity browsers out there? And I mean, as soon as I saw it, the, the light switch went off and I was like, wow, this would save me a ton of time. There were issues with those those specific tools. One was like purple and had a big logo on it. And, you know, I'm trying to sell my own product. I, I didn't want to be the browser to be distracting, but like once I saw it, I, I couldn't unsee it. I wasn't super happy uh, at the the role I was in. Um, and so I actually ended up leaving that job and, and uh, we left on good terms. But then I basically just walked into Alex's office one day and I was like, hey, um, my last day at, at my job is X. So if we want to try this uh, demo browser thing, we should give it a go before I start, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. And from there, we hired a team overseas and and started building. Uh, that was December, and then we launched um, in April. So we'll be a, a year of our launch uh, coming up in about a month and a half. Wow, great! Congrats. And and how how was the first year? Yeah, the first year has been great. I mean, certainly a tons of up, ups and downs. You know, I'll say the hardest thing has been learning to manage my emotions um, because it's so true. The roller coaster of you know, we're going to take over the world one minute to this thing isn't going to work to we're going to take over the world again. And like when you go through those really fast up and downs, um, it's just mentally exhausting. Um, and so that's probably been the most difficult part is just learning to, to master my emotions. But look, we've gotten into some of the biggest software companies in the world using our product. 
um, basically just by me posting stuff on LinkedIn. And we've got a bunch of customers that really love the product. So right now we're really just focused on growth. But the first year has been, been awesome. I've learned so much. I've done uh, so many different things that... Um, it's been such it's been such a great experience. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Can you can you share maybe some like top and and the lowest moments? Yeah. So I think uh, the top moments actually is, is this is a good story. So so Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So usually we have Thursday and and Friday off for Thanksgiving, and Wednesday tends to be kind of a day. You know, the day before like a big holiday is not usually a, a big work day. Uh, and uh, I had just uh, gotten into like a really big software company. Someone was on a free trial and they were like having uh, an issue and it was like two o'clock on that Wednesday and I was kind of ready to be done for the day. But we got on, I, I helped solve the problem. Um, and then uh, he told me a story about how he had shown the browser to other people internally and they like couldn't wait to get it. So that was certainly like a, a super high moment. You know, some of the low moments, like, you know, I was a little over optimistic about how fast I thought we would grow. Uh, and how many touch points it would actually take to get someone to take the time to try your product and, and and things like that. So, I mean, there were times this summer where, you know, we were just getting no signups and we had a 10, 10 users and I couldn't figure out how to move the needle. And I remember we were on a, a vacation with my wife and I'm just sitting at the beach and I was like, I'm going to have to start looking for a job next week. A week after that, I had two different companies reach out to me that I'd never spoken to who had signed up for a couple of free trials and never responded to my emails. And they both were like, we, we want this for our whole team. And then another person from a really big software company reached out. So it, it you know, it really went from like, uh, I don't know that this is going to work to uh, all of a sudden people reaching out to, to, to purchase it, uh, kind of that shift from, from summer to spring. So, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget sitting on the beach on, you know, what's supposed to be like a super relaxing vacation with my wife and just thinking like, I'm gonna have to start looking for a job next week. Um, so, so, so those those are some some high and low moments. But you know, sometimes you have a customer signs up that you're really excited about, uh, and then they cancel they cancel their trial ten minutes later, right? And um, or you know, you run into a bug or an issue with a customer, and you're trying to scramble to get to a computer to get on the phone with them, and things like that can just be very, you know, uh, very, very stressful. So interesting that. All of the things that that uh, you mentioned just now are connected with uh, customer feedback. Either there is feedback or there is no feedback. So you're really customer driven company. Yeah, you know it's 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 funny. So I have done support. I've worked uh, on development teams doing product management. I've done some QA. Uh, I've been in sales. The you know, one side of the kind of enterprise software house I've never really uh, been a part of is is marketing. And I think I'm pretty good at the creative side of marketing but as, as far as kind of the technical side of it i was really lacking and and that's you know what we're what we're really focusing on now because i just realized how important uh kind of that constant outreach is getting that 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 customer feedback or uh lack thereof and and, and all those types of things is like the next really big thing i'm, I'm trying to um learn and, and and bring people on to help but but yeah we are 100 percent focused on on kind of customer feedback i mean ultimately I'm just trying to build the browser that I wish I had when I was doing these demos. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say our journey really uh, could boil down to kind of the, the feedback we are getting from our customers or, or, or the lack thereof. It is somewhat surprising how many people will download your trial and then not respond to, to any of the emails you have. I mean, and then even we've converted some of those customers, which is which is even the crazier part. So it's just, uh, you know, you, you, you never really know and you never really know what a good time for someone is too, right? 
Yeah, maybe special, especially for um, software service companies where this funnel is long. Uh, so it's very rare that you would have software when a business would see, I don't know, Facebook or Google ad and just purchase it. So there are multiple touches and as you mentioned, probably free trial and uh, many, many touch points and a user has to go from uh, first hearing for you through some touch points, probably free trial, demo, and then at the end, at, at the end, there is a purchase. And and with so many multiple touches, the technical side of marketing gets even more important because uh, you have to somehow tie everything together. Maybe maybe can you can you as an experienced guy show show some light on, on what are the top mistakes that companies are making when building the funnel? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, and 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 I think we've certainly made uh, most or, or all of these just because you know when you're getting started, your focus so much is is like is the product working? Does it does it solve the problem? Can I find a handful of people to 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 use it? And so, you know, we really didn't focus much on marketing at all uh, for the first six to eight months. And like looking back now, I wish we would have done a lot more of that. Even before we launched, uh, we didn't really we we kind of just no one had heard about us. And then we did a post on LinkedIn one day, and, and we had launched. And I wish we would have done uh, a lot more kind of marketing work, you know, warming audiences up and things like that. I mean, I have. Right now, one of my potentially biggest customers is a user who said that he started following me on LinkedIn six months ago, tells me he loves my product and it saves him a ton of time. And it took him uh, six months for him to get around to actually trying it. And now every time I talk to him, he, he tells me how much he, uh, he loves it. So I would say, you know, the big thing is not to get discouraged. What, what I've noticed is less about, it's, it's like that consistent content or, or pushing or, you know, nudging and reminding people that, that you're out there to, to, to find them at the right time. And, you know, especially the, the big thing we're working on right now is kind of automating some of this, this outreach um, and, and touch points, because, you know, when I'm messaging 10 people a week on LinkedIn, I can kind of do it myself. Right. But as, as we've gotten bigger and we've got more customers and there's more things going on, um, it becomes hard to do kind of all that manual marketing and really being able to set up something that, that automatically reaches out to your customers or potential customers uh, reaches out to your customers on trial um, is, is super important so that, you know, when you have to pay attention to a new release or, um, you know, deal with a you know particular big customer, all that other stuff that you would normally do doesn't, doesn't stop. Right. And so for yeah, me, yeah. I think, building that automation uh, up front and, and really, you know, finding someone, you know, that's an expert in marketing to, to help. I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, contractors or, or businesses that you can hire to really help you with the marketing. I mean, I, for me, I, I think everything we've, we've spent on that side has been worth it tenfold, um, especially because we're just not like, I'm not an expert in marketing. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's just like, it's, it's kind of a black box and, and been difficult for us on that side. And, and the biggest takeaway I have is just how many touch points you need to, to touch someone to get to use your product, even when you know you're a perfect fit for them, uh, has been kind of eye opening. And, um, and that's what I'm really trying to focus on now is, is, is figure out a way to continue to kind of touch and remind people about a product. Because like I said, I have this one user and it took him six months to download it. When I got on the call, he demoed it to his team and his boss. So 
he took over the call and demoed it. He loves the product. It took me six months to get him to try it for free. <laughs> and I think part of that was I didn't, I hadn't identified him as a potential customer and sent him, you know, additional information about how it could help. And so I think, you know, really having kind of your marketing flushed out is just, it's going to, it's going to 10 X what, what you could ever do by yourself. Right. That, that, that's been the, the, the big thing. You mentioned several times your LinkedIn profile. Do you have any tips how how uh, other companies can build their themselves on on LinkedIn? So is it your company profile or your personal profile? What kind of post? How many times did you publish? Stuff like this. Yeah. So I have found that I get way more interaction and uh, pushing customers to the website from posting on my own personal LinkedIn account. Uh, we post some stuff through our demo story, uh, like LinkedIn page, but that doesn't get nearly the amount of like uh, feedback or, or drive traffic to the website. Um, and so what I found is LinkedIn, the content usually s- tends to live a little longer than like Twitter or Facebook, which, you know, you tend to get kind of the interactions you get right then where LinkedIn, you, you know, you may get interactions uh, for two weeks. You know, it's funny. It's funny. When I first started this, I didn't like to go after people on Mondays and Fridays, but I've actually found that that's like been the most successful time when people actually, you know, they're either just not in the mood to to do like the hard part of their work or, you know, they're poking around on LinkedIn on a Monday morning or a Friday afternoon. So I found posting stuff on Mondays and Fridays has given me like the best feedback or, or, or the, the best engagement as well as, you know, uh, when we see a lot of customers signing up to do the free trials are Mondays and Fridays. And I think it's just because people either have more time or, you know, you know, when you first sit, sit down Monday morning, you may not be ready to like dive into the meat of your work. Um, and so really trying to send that stuff out when I think people have time to try my product, because that's my big thing. Like I know if they can, if I can get someone to spend 30 minutes using it, they're probably going to convert. And so it's trying to find them at the right time where they have kind of 30 minutes plus the headspace to, to really give it a whirl. But I found the- how, how do you target your potential clients? How do you recognize if your product is a fit? What we really help customers with is collaboration style SaaS software. Um, so anytime you have more than one user. So what I do is I look for people that have sales engineer, solution consultants, those titles. And then um, I usually can tell by just looking at their website, whether uh, it's like a web-based uh, product. Um, and so those are ones that, that, that I would target manually. And then from there also just basically, if you're a solution consultant or sales engineer, there's probably a 75% chance you demo the type of software my product to work with. And so from there, it's, it, it's kind of a, a shotgun. I mean, at the beginning though, like the first six months, I would just connect with sales engineers until I used all my connections every week. And then Sunday, first thing, I would be connecting with people again till I ran out. And I, I mean, and I wasn't even putting anything in my connection message. I was just connecting with them because I was then posting later, you know, three-fourths of my posts are more sales engineers, like demo tips and tricks. And then one-fourth is is like demo story ads, so to speak. And so my big thing was like, if I can get them to follow me, then they'll see the contents I'm putting out. Uh, if they see kind of my thought leadership for my demos, tips and tricks, that may interest them into being like, oh, well, if he knows what he's talking about for these things, maybe he does have a product that that's um, that can help me. So that's kind of been my strategy. It's helped us get into some pretty big places. It's just not has hasn't been super scalable, which is why 
um, we've started to do a, a you know some more automated things. And yeah, but I think that's how it is a, a, how it is at the beginning. Paul Graham, the founder of YC, uh, once told or wrote an essay on this topic, like you should do things that don't scale at the beginning because you know you are at the moment you are after super early adopters so you just uh, want uh, a small crowd of people who are absolutely absolutely in love with your product so and then you can scale from from that crowd well i, I hadn't read that article before but uh I, it sounds like that's um i'm on the right track then so that you know that that's certainly what what we did was just it's um you know you have a product you look at it and think how can this not be successful um but you don't know until you get it into to other people's other people's hands and so that's why at the beginning we were just super targeted right i mean and 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 that's how i mean the, the crazy thing for us is we really are a land and expand sale so i can target i'm targeting a lot of people that don't necessarily have budget uh and trying them to get to use my free trial and for the two big customers that we're in now, we basically started by an entry-level person seeing it and then showing it to their team, introducing me to their manager, and then kind of kind of crawling up the ladder that way. So the, one of the things I've realized is that, you know, it can be hard to get into some of these big places, but a little persistence and a little luck, um, you know, you find the right champion internally and they can open a ton of doors for you. So perfect okay i would like to give some value to to our listeners um can you can you give us some tips how to make a perfect demo you know the the first kind of cardinal rule is that a demo is not a training session right and so you're not there to train someone on, on how the product works you're there to show them how it's going to make their life better or solve their problem right most people aren't looking to buy a piece of software they're looking to have a, a problem solved and so i always try to think about it through that lens the next thing is then I try to craft a story where I use the software to explain how your life's going to be better or how it's going to solve your problem. And so the key is when you're doing that, you want to skip the features or the steps in the process that don't really add a ton of value. And I think about it like this, right? So let's say you were going to tell me about, you know, something crazy that happened to you on your commute into work or something like that. Uh, I don't need to know what you had for breakfast unless that affects the story. And so in the same way, you don't need to explain every step along the journey of solving a customer's problem when you're demoing the, the software, like show them the important parts uh, and, and talk about the results. And then the next thing I always tell people is if you don't have a customer story as to why a feature is useful, skip it, right? So if you can say, oh, I show... Uh, this feature allows you to, you know, send messages easier to your customer. And our customers really love it because before they had to do X, Y, and Z. And now that all gets solved with one button click. And that's this here, right? And so to focus really on the stories of why those features uh, make your customers' lives better is, is the big piece. You know, from there, it's practice. Um, I, I like to try to leave my, or the reality is, no one's gonna remember every detail of your demo, right? And so I try to leave my customers or my audience with the with three feelings, which is it solves a problem, they know what they're talking about, and it seems easy enough to use. Um, and so practicing kind of your click tracks, what you're gonna say, making it, uh, you know, so you're not searching with your mouse the whole time or, or clicking the wrong menus, all those things make your software seem more complicated. And so practicing, 
those kind of easy to move, easy, smooth mouse clicks and knowing where you're going to go um, is also a, a huge part of giving that demo. Um, but the first part is to make sure you're focusing on solving your customer stories and or problems and that you're not doing a training session. And so the demo should be live or could you like record it in advance? So it really depends on the software, right? I actually do a lot more videos now than I ever did when I was working as an enterprise sales engineer uh, because my product is relatively simple. So I think the videos are really great for kind of warm up intro demos to, to give someone an idea of what your product is. They're also great for leave behinds, but a video is never going to answer any questions. A video is not going to be able to pivot live to show, uh, you know, to show a customer something specific. It's not going to be able to go into super details. You know what I mean? Things like that. So when it comes to really big enterprise software, I don't think live demos are ever going away. I mean, people like to, even if, you know, 80% of your sales is kind of B2C direct on your website, you know, there's always going to be big customers or, or those who want to kind of talk through the product with you before they get on it. Um, and so I don't really see live demos going away. But what I do see is those videos really helping supplement the beginning and the end. So warming someone up by sending them a demo of a quick overview of the product. And then also uh, what's really useful is these leave, leave behind videos, right? So let's say I show you something, Francis, and you really like were excited about a specific feature. I may then record a quick video explaining that feature again and sending it to you so then you can send it around internally and say hey look at this really cool thing and we don't have to wait a week and a half for you to schedule a call with 10 of 10 of your teammates and so that's where where i see kind of those videos really really um making a bit a big impact but if you have a relatively simple product right that like one person's making the decision to purchase you know it's um then then the videos become more useful as you scale up and you talk about you know like a salesforce or things like that uh, a lot of times people want to see the live demos, especially if you've got a super configurable tool as well, um, where each how each customer is going to configure it may be different enough that a generic video doesn't really uh, show them, you know, the, the, the end picture, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So there are multiple demos. You have them uh, at the beginning and then during the whole sales cycle. Um, can you like, um, is there what's the what's the messaging of how is the messaging change during the sales cycle so what do you show or tell people at the beginning on the first demo and then i don't know i'm just guessing for example if you have a demo during the free trial period or after after you already sell yeah yeah so so it's a great question so um so my software today is relatively simple and i usually jump you know right into the right into the demo uh, when I was selling more enterprise style software, usually you, you wouldn't even start with a demo. You'd start with a discovery call to, you know, if your tool can do 50 things, you're not doing a demo to show all 50. So you really want to understand like what those customers pain points are. Uh, usually say so you would do a discovery call, then you probably do like a demo to the people you did the discovery call for. Then usually there's a, a post RFP demo which is you filled out an RFP and now either you're going on site or you're doing a demo to like a huge group of people. Uh, this is, you know, in the more kind of traditional enterprise uh, uh, selling environment, uh, then you would do a big, big demo. And then from there, there'd be usually like little follow-up demos and, and, and things like that. Um, the messaging I would say becomes 
the more you talk to your customers or potential customers, the more you should start to understand their problems. And so your demo should go from a kind of, this is what we, these are the type of things we help with to, this is how we are going to solve your specific problem. Right. And so the only way to know how you're going to solve, you know, their specific problem is, is to ask them and then understand what their issues are. Um, and as you kind of are giving more and more demos or, or talking to the customer more, you should be able to then tailor that demo to, to their specific needs. So I would say it starts broad and then, you know, narrows down to, to like, you know, what is the main uh, value that, that your customer is going to drive for your product and then focus on, on those things. So basically the first, the first discovery call is like an um, uh, interview. A lot you of have time. a set of questions like what's your biggest issue? How are you solving it at the moment? Exactly, exactly. So so some places the account executives will do those discovery calls. At other places, the sales engineers are pretty adamant about getting on. It just depends on how complex it is. Um, but you're exactly right. It is a you're interviewing your potential customer to try to figure out what their needs are. Um, so I think about when I sold e-procurement software. There's a ton of different ways you can set up and manage your procurement department, depending on the size and the th types of things you buy, it's going to be very different. And so you want to talk to a customer and understand like, what are their needs? If they, if they, let's say they're a hotel chain and mostly they're buying, you know, linens and food, you don't want to show up and demo how they can purchase a laptop through your product. Right. But if it's, you're selling to an IT group that needs to be able to purchase, um, you know, IT products, then showing them how they could purchase a laptop through your tool makes sense. And so, um, you know, you could absolutely bomb a deal by showing the wrong thing, uh, where, you know, purchasing, ultimately purchasing a bed sheet and purchasing a computer, it's the same process, right? It's just like, you're picking a different skew, but if you, sh but, but you can completely kill a deal by, by showing them the wrong thing, because what you're actually showing them is you don't understand what their problems are, right? And uh, that's the biggest thing is like, what are their issues? If you can get to that um, and your product can actually solve those problems, then you can be really successful. Yeah, I think so. I like what, what you said, because so that's that's the human thing. That's what's that's what we humans are good at listening to other people. And, you know, between a bunch of information, we can recognize the few the few ones that are actually important. Um, so I just, I was, when I was listening to you, I was thinking if maybe if you have any cases in, in this way, so that you also are making notes during the demo call and send, and if you are sending this data then to the marketing department, because as, as a marketer myself, we are actually asking the same questions, like what, what are the users, users motivations, pain point which are the benefits he is seeking for and then we are using this in the messaging so it feels very very connected so i would say most of my interaction tended to be back with the product team about like what was and wasn't working during the demos i was I'm always pretty vocal though so i usually am going back to everyone and saying hey these are the things these are the problems that i'm hearing from our customers they have 10 really big problems we solve five really well those are the five that we should be focusing on. Those are the types of customers we should be going after. And here are the problems that they have that we don't solve that we need to take a look at, you know, whether it makes sense for our, for our product to solve those as well. But usually I'm working either with the my account executive or, or, or the product team. Um, so, you know, I honestly wish I would have had more exposure to marketing because now that, that I'm kind of 
<laughs> uh, uh, neck deep in it. But but um, but yeah, usually it was more product and uh, and and the core sales team. Although I'm sure that stuff gets gets filtered filtered up to the marketing team as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's let let's let's wrap it up. Um, okay. Do you have any any final final thoughts? for for our listeners yeah i i would tell you um i've been happier than i've been in a long time taking the risk to, to start my own business so i would say if you see an opportunity uh try it you know everything's a lot scarier until you actually do it um so i think um if you see an opportunity if you have an idea go for it you know even if you're you're doing it on the side at first and then um when you're demoing software remember it's a it's a demo it's not a training session and focus on the value you're, you're bringing um, instead of the individual features. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for your time, uh, for sharing a lot of knowledge with us. Uh, and I hope we will do this podcast uh, next year and you will share with us uh, your new success stories. Awesome. And thank, you, so. thank you everyone for listening. See you on our next episode. Bye.